0: Some announcements as we do begin. We will be canceling the Bible study tonight. Um, So no Sunday Bible study tonight at 5. As of right now, we will continue with plans for the women's and the men's Bible studies at 6 on Wednesday evening. Of course, if anything changes, we'll get emails and phone calls out for that. Um, In the bulletin, or at least in some of the bulletins, are envelopes for our Easter offering. That is a denominational offering that we take up each year and you can either um, designate where you would like the money to go to the different agencies that are listed on the envelope or, excuse me, if you would like to choose one of those particular agencies, Christian Education Ministries, Erskine, um, Outreach North America or whatever the other one is, you may put your own percentage in to give all the money to one particular ministry, but please plan on bringing those back next week. If you write a check, please write the check out to the church. We will consolidate everything and send it to the denomination. Um, that's an offering that we take up each Easter um, and is there to support some of the ministries of the church. Are there any other announcements? All right. Our call to worship is found there in your bulletin. It comes from Zechariah 9. And it is a unison reading of that passage from Zechariah 9, verses 9 through 13. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your King comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. Let us pray. Lord of life and light, triune creator God, we come into your presence to worship you. We come here at your call. Please remind us of your presence with us here and in every moment of our lives. Remind us that you are with your people to provide freedom from oppression and death. Fill us with the joy of knowing that the King sits upon his throne, subduing all of his and our enemies. Fill us with the joy of knowing that freedom from sin that has been won by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And hear this prayer that we offer up to you today, praying as you have taught us. and the glory forever. Amen. The good King, our Savior, is also the Good Shepherd. And the Good Shepherd promises to lead us to green pastures, to still waters, to paths of righteousness, and through the valley of the shadow of death, all for His name's sake. And so let us sing of this reminder of the Good Shepherd by taking the hymn book and turning to number 380. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Jesus is our tender, good shepherd. So let us stand and sing hymn number 380. Please be seated. Y'all sound good. Jesus leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And we are reminded that we are called to live righteous lives. And oftentimes we stumble. Oftentimes we fall. Oftentimes we outright rebel against God. And we are called to confess our sins before him and find forgiveness in him. So please join with me now as we confess. Almighty God, you love us, but we have not loved you. You call, but we have not listened.
1: You walk away.
0: Hear these words from Peter. To God's elect, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. God gives for- forgiveness through Jesus to give us that grace and peace. Turn with me now, if you will, into your Bible, to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 14. Beginning in verse 25, Jesus has told the parable of the banquet and is talking to the crowds now about the cost of being a, a disciple. Hear Jesus' words. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? Or if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The grass withers, the flowers fail, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Now prayerfully consider what you will give through the giving of the tithes and offerings. magnificent and generous God, you have called us to be stewards of your creation. All that we have been given is yours, and you call us to give as a token of our worship and an evidence of our trust. Please be honored by what has been given today. Use it so that your glories may be proclaimed into the sin-darkened world. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Please take your hymn book once again and turn to hymn number 187. All glory, laud, and honor. Today is Palm Sunday, the day when we remember Jesus' triumphant entry into the city of Jerusalem, opening up Holy Week, which ended with Good Friday and Easter. So let us remain standing and, and sing of the King and His eternal glory by singing hymn 187, All Glory, Laud, and Honor. Please be seated. (coughs) Join with me today as we proclaim the glorious truth as summarized in the Apostles Creed. Christian, what do you believe? I believe. Do we have any prayer updates today? Uh, yes. I'd like to keep Amy Baker, the little girl that we had on the service. She does. The tumor was cancerous. Mm. She will be. They think they have it all. She will be going more than down for a, a
1: number of chemotherapy treatments. And okay. then she'll have chemotherapy for the rest of the year. She'll have
0: extensive for the first six 50, 7 weeks. I okay. So please be praying for Amy Baker, a young, a young lady, young girl. Uh, with cancer who's going to start her treatments. Um, we've also been praying for Natalie Wade. She had a rough week with her chemotherapy this week. So please continue to um, keep her in your prayer prayers. Are there any other prayer requests or updates? In Sunday school, we prayed for Janie and for her continued uh, strengthening and health. So, and we also prayed for the Trent family. Um, who lost uh, a son this week? Well, how about Doug? Has anybody heard how he's doing? I we visited with Doug and
1: Margie yesterday evening, and they said to tell everyone hello. He's doing well. He had a battle with gout, of first, so he's now about two weeks behind on his physical therapy. But he
0: says he may be on a cane next week. Good. He's doing well. Okay. Yeah. It says all of us. Great. Thank you. Anything else? we sure will thank you all right let's go to lord in prayer great god of providence you sustain your creation with the changing seasons and the resources provided in those changes and in those seasons the spring rains come and water your world As the water falls, the plants are given much-needed water and nourishment is carried to the roots of the trees and the flowers. The rivers and the streams are filled and the animals are provided with water and food through the growing plants. The rains of spring bring renewal and growth to your world. Those rains can also bring destruction if they come in heavy amounts in short times. Heavy rains on already water-soaked soil Can bring flooding rivers and uprooted trees, landslides, and slippery roads. Yet you are sovereign over the heaviest of spring rains. You bring growth to your church as well. The rains of your spirit and your word bring the nourishment and nutrients that your people need to grow spiritually. You wash us clean of the misconceptions and strengthen us for the long haul ahead. You grow within us a deepening love for and trust in you. You grow the kingdom of your church into a living and abundant tree where the nations of the world can find rest. But you also bring the harsh and seemingly destructive rains upon your church as well. You bring the difficulty of health issues and money issues and grief and emotional suffering upon the people in order to strip us bare of the false peace that we so desperately cling to. You send your floods of suffering so that we can see the folly of pursuing peace in places other than in you. Forgive us, we cry, for the idols we have pursued in vain attempts to shortcut the peace that passes understanding. Help us to turn to you in trust and contentment for the things you have brought into our lives. Help us to embrace the strength of Christ given to us so that we may so that we may truly trust you in all things. We lift up these people that we have brought before you and ask for healing for them. We we think of Amy Baker and we thank you that they have removed the tumor and we pray for her continued treatments and that you will bring healing and strength into her situation, into her life. We pray for the Trent family. And this loss that they have suffered, a a loss upon loss as as they have lost both of their children. Please comfort and strengthen them. Continue to be with our sister Janie as she uh, continues to recover. And remind her that she is loved by you and strengthened by you and that you are her rest and her contentment. We thank you for Doug's progress and ask for continued progress in that. And that he would be on a cane and and soon be back uh, with his with his friends and with your people in this church. We pray for the people around the world and lift them up who are suffering under persecution for the gospel's sake. And we ask that you would sustain and strengthen them in the midst of that persecution. We also pray today, Lord, that you lift up the shepherds that you have placed over this church, over your church. Protect them from temptations to shortcut your plans for their lives. Protect them from the temptation to compromise your truth. Protect them from the temptation to think that they are the foundation of your church. Remind us that Jesus is the cornerstone and the foundation of your church as the prophets and the apostles. Remind us that we are a people of the word, a word that brings conviction and a word that brings peace. Remind us that life and growth as individuals and as the church comes through the spring rains of your word. Empower us by your Holy Spirit to walk the hard road that leads by the great shepherd to paths of righteousness for the sake of your reputation and your glory. Strengthen and restore this church in your compassion. Make us mighty men and women for you, armed with the sword of the word, And protected by the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness and shoes fitted with the gospel of peace. Remind us that we are your children redeemed from the power of sin and death. Remind us of the holiness to which we are called. As we are scattered throughout the week, call to mind the reality that we are a community of believers who are joined to you. And give us the strength of the hope that is before us, the hope of wickedness and evil finding its final judgment and the righteous children of God being glorified before you. We pray all this in Jesus precious name. Amen. Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 20. Today we will begin in verse 12 of Proverbs chapter 20. Last week, we were reminded of how God's sovereignty works out in the lives of the wicked and in the lives of the wise. We will see that a little more today as we consider Solomon's words, beginning in chapter 20, verse 12. Ears that hear, eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. Do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare. It is no good, it is no good, says the buyer. Then off he goes and boasts about his purchase. Gold there is, and ruby in abundance, but lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel. Take the garment of one who puts up security for a stranger, hold it in pledge if he does it for a wayward woman. Food gained by fraud tastes sweet to the man, but he ends up with a mouthful of gravel. Make plans by seeking advice. If you wage war, obtain guidance. Gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid a man who talks too much. Let us pray. God and Father above, you have accommodated to yourself to us by revealing yourself in your word in language that we can understand. And so Lord, as we study these words today, these verses, this passage, we do ask that you show us your glory. And show us where we fall short of it. And remind us of the power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to work out the truth that you have presented before us. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. So have you ever heard of or experienced the satisfaction of a job well done? The sense of satisfaction from comes that, that comes from knowing that you worked to produce something. You you looked at the problem You might have learned a new technique in fixing the problem. You made mistakes in tackling the problem. And then after fixing those mistakes, placing the final product, whatever it may be, in a place to be seen and to be used. And there is a sense of peace and satisfaction that comes by undergoing the process of a job well done. But oftentimes we look at problems and look for an easy fix. And the easy fix often comes back around to bite us and can at times cause more problems than we eventually began with. Solomon looks to this reality today as he reminds us of the pursuit of wisdom and then he reminds us that the hard path path is often the best path. So today we'll look at Solomon's words that call us to work for God-given wisdom, to pursue the wealth of wisdom, and to seek wise counsel. First, working for God-given wisdom. Solomon opens this passage today in verse 12 by saying, ears that hear and eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. You ever consider the complexity and the glory of ears and eyes? Think about it. We know how sound works. We know how sound causes vibrations in the air around us. Vibrations that travel through the air and into the opening in our ears. And as it goes down the canals of the ear, it, those vibrations bounce off the eardrum. And those vibrations in the eardrum are, are translated by electrical impulses through the, through the nerve into the brain to where we are able to hear the sounds of the world around us and, and make sense of those sounds whether it's somebody speaking, whether it's music that we find to be beautiful, whether it's just the rain bouncing off of a tin roof. The beauty and complexity of the ear should astound us. The eye is the same way. Light travels through the air, bounces off things. Some of the light is absorbed. Some of the light is reflected That reflected light goes through this little teeny tiny hole in our eyeball that will adjust itself based upon the level of light around it. And then it hits the retina and is translated through the optic nerve into the brain and we can see the beauty of color or the the face of a friend. God made the ear and the eye. There complex beauty, their complex workings were thought were planned and were executed by God. We deny this in our world oftentimes these the eye and the ear, which we take so much for granted until we have to go to a doctor who gives us these lenses so that we can see, well, we take for granted the complexity and the glory of the eye and the ear to such a point where we think that they are just the random products of time and chance. Think about that. Think about the complexity of the eye. Think about the complexity of the ear and think about how could that have come about through time and chance. That's like saying we could take sand, and petroleum, and gold, and copper, and other precious metals, throw them in a container and shake them up for a long period of time. And a computer pop out. Even the simplest of computers. It's what we talk about when we deny the reality that God made us. That God formed the eye, formed the ear. And gave it to us as instruments to be able to hear and to see his glory in creation. Solomon here affirms God's creative work and genius in giving us eyes and ears. But he goes one step further as well. Not just affirming God's creative genius, but reminding us that God has given us the ability to pursue and to learn wisdom because he doesn't just give us ears. He gives us ears that hear and hearing in the book of Proverbs is not just the act of having those sound waves go into the opening of your ear and bounce off the eardrum and translate into the brain through that nerve. But hearing in the book of Proverbs is listening to teaching, internalizing it and allowing it to change your Actions to change your behavior. Seeing in the book of Proverbs is very much the same way. It's being able to perceive according to what we have learned. To perceive according to how God has taught us and shown us how the world works around us. So when Solomon says that God has given us ears to hear and eyes to see, he is not just affirming the glory of God's creative work. Although if that's where he stopped, That would be an amazing statement, but he takes it even further to affirm that God has given us the means and the ability to pursue wisdom. But the reality is that we don't use them, which he affirms for us in the next verse. Do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food. This may seem unrelated until we realize that the words behind stay awake literally mean open your eyes. And we'll see here again in a few moments where the abundance that he talks about here is linked to wisdom as well. Solomon is saying God has given you the tools necessary to pursue wisdom. Use them. Use them according to how God has designed them. Each and every one of us has eyes. Each and every one of us has ears. We can see and hear and pursue wisdom. But the sad reality is that oftentimes we don't. We prefer to keep our eyes and our ears closed and not listen to wisdom. We see it every year. Hurricanes, a word that we are becoming more and more familiar with meteorological technology today gives us days and weeks to prepare for hurricanes. And yet every time a hurricane makes landfall, what do we see? We see the fool out there on a surfboard riding the killer waves. We oftentimes are lazy in our pursuit for wisdom, but God has created us with the means by which we can learn and by which we can apply wisdom. And he calls us to pursue that wisdom. Paul, excuse me, uses similar language in Philippians. We talked about this in Sunday school last week in Philippians 2, 12 and 13. He calls the members of the Philippian church to work out their salvation and tells them that God works in them to, quote, will and act according to his good purposes. Did you catch that? Work out your salvation while God is at work within you. Through Christ's work, through his life, his death, and his resurrection, through the application of that work by the Holy Spirit, God is working within his children so that they can work out their salvation. Do you struggle with the pursuit of holiness? Do you struggle with the Christian life? Well, God is working within you so that you can work that out. I was, I was pointed out to the, to the wonder of that relationship by Bruce last week in Sunday school. That as I seek to work out, God is working in. Just as God has given us the means by which to pursue wisdom, and then calls us to pursue it. He has given us the means to pursue holiness and calls us to pursue it. God has given us all we need for wisdom. We must pursue that wisdom. Then he goes on to talk about the pursuing the wealth of wisdom. Solomon then ties the pursuit of wisdom by by opening our eyes to wealth and to riches. Now, verse 15 compares the rarity of gold and precious jewels to the rarity of wisdom. Why are gold and rubies so expensive? Because they're relatively, relatively rare. Now, yes, we can make precious jewels in laboratories now, but still the actual ones that you have to dig out of the ground are still very rare. And that makes them valuable. Do you know what Solomon says is more rare, rarer? A wise man, someone who speaks knowledge, someone who takes the instruments that God has given to them and pursues wisdom. In fact, wisdom is so much more rare that you are better off with wisdom than you are with an abundance of gold and rubies and diamonds and whatever else our culture deems to be rare and valuable today. Solomon then gives three kind of negative examples of those who pursue the wealth of gold and rubies over the wealth of wisdom. The first is the man there in verse 14 that says, it's no good, it's no good, says the buyer, then off he goes and boasts about his purchase. Commentator Matthew Henry argues that this is a man who, who twists the negotiating process to cause harm to a poor vendor. You know, if you are destitute and poor and yet you have produced an item for sale, sometimes you will take a bad deal over no deal because you need the money. And that's the picture here. Remember, Solomon's talking to his son who will be king. And he's talking about negotiation practices. You and I, I'm, I'm sure each and every one of us has done this. If you have ever negotiated for anything, you make the offer. They make the counter offer. And your first response is, oh man, I just don't think I could do that. If we do that to twist and to hurt someone who is economically more destitute than we are. Solomon says here, you're taking advantage of them. Now, yes, we need to get a good deal. We don't pay a bad price for bad stuff, but somebody whose livelihood, whose life depends upon that deal being made, well, if you negotiate them down to a point where it's a loss for them, or even maybe even just a break-even for them, you may have done harm to them. Most likely you have. And and Solomon is telling his son here, beware of the folly of abusing the poor through negotiation tactics. Secondly, he looks at the person and the act of surety. Now we've talked about surety before back in Proverbs 6. And in other places, but surety is the act of co-signing for a bad loan. That's what he's talking about here. It's a, it's it's putting yourself for some reason. Solomon highlights both um, quick gain and also power being the reason. We can if if I am in a place of affluence and wealth, and I agree to co-sign for somebody else's loan who is not in a place of power as I am, I can use that as a way to abuse them with the power that I have over them by co-signing for their loan. That's one of the, those two reasons. It's, it's not good for quick rich schemes and it's also an abuse of power that Solomon talks against surety. Solomon says here that the person who who backs up a bad loan deserves to be punished. If you are going to be foolish enough to put up security for a stranger, well, then your garment should be taken away. The law says that if if you take somebody's garment as collateral for a loan, you give it back to them at night so they have something to wrap up in and to be warm and to sleep in during the evening. Solomon says here, look, if you're going to be foolish enough to take a bad loan, especially a loan, To a prostitute, you deserve to have your stuff taken away. And lastly, the third negative example of this, a folly leading to destruction rather than the riches of wisdom. He talks about the danger of theft. Stolen food tastes sweet. Augustine, I believe it was, talked about how uh, he and his friends growing up, there was a pear tree, a fruit tree over the fence in a man's yard. And he said some of the sweetest fruit he ever tasted growing up was those those pears off of the tree that he was denied because it belonged to somebody else. But it caused a, a crisis in his life, that crisis of conscience as he partook of stolen fruit. So what Solomon says here. He says, Rehoboam, you're the king. You'll have the right to seize whatever you want from anybody you want. But it will be like eating gravel. It will be destructive to you. We, all three of these examples deal with what we think of oftentimes as get-rich-quick schemes. I can gain power and potentially money through backing bad loans. I can manipulate the negotiation process to my favor and to other people's harms. And if those things don't work, well, I'll just go out and steal what I need. Wisdom comes through a long process. The wealth of wisdom comes through a long, arduous process. We like to cut corners because it seems easier And we don't really want to do the hard work of pursuing wisdom. G.K. Chesterton once wrote, The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. There are a lot of people out there who carry the name of Christ by calling themselves Christians. And they are trying to cut corners on the promises that God gives to us. The peace that passes understanding in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of trouble, comes through a growing trust in God's sovereignty. Growing in our trust in God involves walking with Him through the valley of the shadow of death. And brothers and sisters, if we're honest with ourselves, we would rather numb ourselves to the difficulty with a peace we can understand than to walk the difficult path of growing in a peace that the world cannot understand. We seek peace in other people, in substances, whether legal or illegal, in sex, in television, in the mind-numbing distraction of social media, in sports, in whatever feels easy and does not involve too much effort on our part. And whatever keeps us from confronting our angers or our insecurities or our fears or those dark places in our soul, well, that is the peace we pursue. And in pursuing that quick peace, we deceive ourselves. And we'll find that that peace quickly turns into gravel in our mouths. Brothers and sisters, God loves us enough not to leave us there in that false peace. And so sometimes He draws us, leads us down the dark path in order to strip away those false peace, in order to strip away those things that we think we are holding on to, that we think will be the quick fix to our problems, to teach us that He and His sovereignty is the only place to find true peace. In his wisdom. What riches are you pursuing? We've seen that God gives calls us to pursue God given wisdom. We see that we are to pursue the wealth of wisdom through the difficulty. And we see that we are also to seek wise counsel. Solomon wraps up today's passage with a call and a warning. The first call is to Rehoboam to seek advice and counsel with moving forward with war or really any other endeavors. Solomon has counseled this previously in Proverbs 15 and repeats that call here. If we are going to wage war on the falsely easy promises of this world, don't go it alone. If you are convicted by God's word, if you are convicted by the sermon, to pursue a life of holiness and to pursue the peace that transcends all understanding. Don't do it alone. God has placed us in a community of believers and part of our call is to help each other toward holiness. Going back to Philippians 2 that we talked about earlier, Paul says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. When we thought about this in Sunday school last week, we 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 talked about the difficulty of the English word, that second person pronoun you. You can either mean one of you or all of you. It's the same word. We talked about how in seminary I was given permission when I was translating to put y'all whenever you was plural. We also talked about, you know, if you're not from the South, you could say use or use guys or yens or whatever regional plural second personal pronoun, second person personal pronoun is there. That's it for the grammar lesson this week. Why do I bring that up? Because the your in Philippians 2.12 is plural. Continue to work out y'all's salvation. Continue to work out you's guy's salvation. Continue to work out Yen's salvation. Whichever of those second person, personal pronoun plurals you use, that's what fits in there. We are not in this struggle alone. God is with us, and one of the ways he works is by placing us in a community of believers who is working toward this together. And the accuser, the the tempter comes to us and says, look, nobody else will understand. you got to do this yourself. And we've been tempted oftentimes to try it ourselves. And you know, like the lion that's pursuing its prey, separates out the weak, separates out the injured. The tempter tries to do that to us as well. But God says, no, you are in a family. You are in a community that is to work together for salvation with fear and trembling. And Solomon says the same thing to Rehoboam about wisdom. He says, look. Gather wise counselors, wise advisors around you when you're counting the cost of war, when you're counting the cost of running Israel, take godly advice Brothers and sisters, when you are counting the cost of sanctification, don't go it alone. But Solomon also gives Rehoboam a warning. He calls Rehoboam to seek counsel and he warns him against being foolish in who he chooses to counsel. The sad reality of living in a fallen and broken world is there's really just some people you shouldn't go to. For counsel, I know. I just told you to go to people for counsel, and now I'm telling you, don't go to people for counsel. Don't go to certain people for counsel is what I'm saying here. And there's two types that Solomon focuses on. The first is the town gossip. You know, if you go to the town gossip with a struggle for with sin, guess who's going to know your struggle for sin? The whole whole town. Yes. (laughs) They might even know it whether it's true or not. They want the power of juicy gossip and they aren't afraid to use it once they have it. And the other person he warns Rehoboam not to go to is the innocent babbler or the man who loves to talk. You know, they may not be intending to spill the beans, but they just love to talk so much that sometimes secrets come out. And So Solomon warns, Rehoboam, just be careful who you seek counsel with. Share your burdens, but be wise about who you share them with. We are to pursue God given wisdom. We are to pursue the wealth of wisdom. And in that pursuit, we are to seek counsel, wise counsel. I will not lie to you. The road to wisdom, the road to sanctification is difficult but its wealth is worth the work. And for that work, God has given you everything that you need through the Holy Spirit, through his word, and through his church. The road to sanctification is difficult as well, and its wealth is worth the work. We may wish to take shortcuts on the path to wisdom and sanctification, but the hard road is the true path may we be like jesus who secured for us the holiness and the wisdom that we are to pursue by saying thy will be done when the hard path came let us pray our god above remind us that you have given us the wisdom and the holiness that you call us to pursue. That you are working within us so that we might work out our salvation. Draw us closer to you. Draw us closer to the wisdom and the holiness that you have for us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your hymn book and turn to hymn number... 194 We have sought today to intermingle Christ as shepherd and king and Christ crucified in our worship because his exaltation came through being lifted up on the cross he was high and lifted up in glory as he hung on the cross which is where our salvation from, So let us stand and remember that sacrifice as we sing these words ascribed to Bernard of Clairvaux, O sacred head now wounded. Let us stand and sing hymn 194. As you go this week, as you hopefully take some time Thursday and Friday to think about mine, mine was the transgression, but his the deadly pain. As you consider that this week, as we wait for the joy of Easter, take this blessing upon you to those who have been called, who are loved by God, the father and kept by Jesus Christ, mercy, peace and love be yours in abundance. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.